You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. I was good until uh, grade 12 math with the uh, sine, cos, angles and all that. Could hey, have you, have you used matrices at all since we graduated? No, sir. Okay, good thing we learned that and not how to do our taxes. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two It Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is Set. Hunt. And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Travis Curra, joined by Brazilian Ty. Normally, we start with something stupid. You know, Ty was almost crying watching some sort of uh, wedding proposal ah, on the ah, internet over ah, the weekend. Ah. It was, no, it was on CTV. Well, I said almost. Well, I almost cried. But Look I at that. You're... Becoming more and more enduring or endearing, sorry, to the ladies. Oh, maybe this is a mistake. <laughs> or uh, that we're now going to be the leaders of the Alberta Separatist, separatist Party. Uh, if you <laughs> posted anything on Facebook about that, you got unfriended. <laughs> We'll leave it at that, but uh, a solemn start to the podcast. What a loss for the curling community in Saskatchewan and in Canada when Allie Jenkins died due to complications during the birth of her third child, only 30 years old. We both went to school with somebody that curled in her, with her uh, in her rink before. What a... Heartbreaking story for the mm-hmm. uh, community. I, I believe it's Warman, just north of Saskatoon. It's just, just so sad. Yeah, and it leaves behind a husband and three kids. Uh, the baby is was in critical condition. Husband says that the outlook is is good. Uh, the baby's starting to uh, come around, and you know, at thirty years old, it's it's not something that you really ever think about. No, uh, but uh, you know th- this stuff does happen, uh, and it, it's it sucks, and it, it's a huge loss, uh, you know, for for the family obviously, and and for the curling community, which you know these these people go on tour together so much, uh, and for so long, like the Masters is this weekend, and it's October, and they'll be on the road until uh, you know after March uh, with with Grand Slams, and you have Scotties and Briar and all that. Uh, and that, that loss is felt there too. And, you know, she, <clears throat> sorry, while well, her rink, uh, they lost the, the Saskatchewan provincial playdowns by on the last shot to go to the, to go to the Scotties. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's lots of life left for her and it, it just, it, it didn't, uh, work out the way everybody, everybody thought it would, but, uh, you know, the curling community has come together and the, and and uh, even the fans and everything with a GoFundMe page, it's well over $100,000 now uh, to help with, uh, you know, the kids and all, and all that stuff. So that's nice to see as well. A loss for the CFL community as well. When George Brancato died at the age of 88, 
this year. And the older I get, the more I realize the history of the CFL is really what makes it special. Um, There is not another league's history, I think, that can touch what has happened in Canadian football. There are so many incredible characters that have played in this league. It's been open to welcoming anybody throughout its history. There have been military teams that have played for the Grey Cup. It's been stolen. The characters in the history are awesome. Mm -hmm. I actually have a book that was done by Stephen Brunt for the anniversary of the 100th Grey Cup. It might be my favorite book that I have. And I'm actually going through Angelo Mosca's book right now because I've been asked to take part in a project that's going to be coming out of the next little while that my friend is doing. I'm not going to tell you anything about it because I don't want it. Uh, I, I want him to come out with the news, but he's got an episode. It's going to be a podcast on Angelo Mosca. So some great, great, amazing characters that have come through this league. But Mr. Brancato was uh, the coach of the Ottawa Rough Riders when they won the Grey Cup in 1976. And they did not win it again, an Ottawa football franchise again, until 2016. And I remember running into an Ottawa fan after that game, and he was in shock. (laughs) My brother and I were going to get a photo with BMO Field and... We were happy. We were happy that the Stampeders lost. And I think we were mostly just happy at how incredible that game was. Henry mm-hmm. Burris leaves injured in the warm-ups and comes back, has the game of his career, retires on top, the, the whole story. But this guy was just in shock. Um, the fact that Ottawa was finally a championship team again and George Brancato was the coach of that team in 1976 and I know this guy remembered 1976. Uh, A legend in Ottawa, probably on the Mount Rushmore of Ottawa football characters right up there with, you know, Russ Jackson and the like. But uh, a definite Tony Gabriel. A, a sad loss uh, for that yeah. city and, of course, his family. Yeah, it's huge. I, you know, uh, he played, like like you said, uh, eight years. You know, he played with the Rough Riders and then was able to coach them and won uh, the uh, Coach of the Year after a 10 5 1 and finish in 1975, won the Grey Cup the following year, lost the Grey Cup the year after that. Uh, you know, and it, the year they lost the Great Cup, he was five and eleven. Wow! And, <laughs> right, it was it was almost one of the huge one of the big upsets. But yeah, uh, yeah, and you know, and then it didn't just stop in the CFL. Like he he was in the Arena Football League and did a lot of stuff there uh, as well. And you know, just one of those guys that just his life was football, uh, whether it was playing, coaching, whatever. It didn't matter. Uh, you know, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator. It was he kind of he would do anything just to stay in the game, and it and like you said, it, it is a huge loss for not only the not only the league but the the game as in itself. Join two and out for CFL fantasy and CFL pick'em, and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Nothing talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. 
some happier news this week with both Chris Walby and Doug Flutie celebrating birthdays this week. So happy birthday to those CFL legends. And I know the Lions are on by this week, but we do have to talk about them because mm-hmm. the sale of that team has been talked about for the last, I don't know, half decade. And there were news reports popping up throughout the season that local buyers have been interested, maybe forming together a local ownership group to buy the Lions and you know start to get them back to glory, back to having BC Place with 40,000 fans. I think there's no reason that they shouldn't be able to get to that point again. But last week, David Braley had some interview appearances basically saying he hasn't been happy with any of the offers he has been getting. They're just simply not good enough. He has said there have been four or five buyers interested in it, but definitely not the local offers that have been making him happy. I'm just thinking, and I know Braley saved the CFL, and I know that, but... Mm -hmm. But, 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 we saw this with Toronto, just kind of driving them into the ground with no marketing and almost bringing them back to the point of no return. I think that the Argos have a very stable ownership group now, and with that backing, they should be able to uh, have a nice, stable, respectable franchise with fans in the stands. And it looks like he's doing that same thing in Vancouver. It's almost, It feels like... A Eugene Melnick situation where the ownership just isn't what it needs to be right now, and it's hurting the product. Uh, and you know, it, I don't want to harp on David Braley because, like you said, he he has saved this league. But at at some point, you have to realize it's time to let go and, and let somebody else take this over because what he is what he is doing isn't helping the team. And the longer this goes on, the longer that he's going to be involved in decisions. He is the owner. Uh, and if it's, I, I don't understand keeping somebody on, like if you are the GM and, and the, and the owner is going to fire you at the end of the year and it's week 10, well, I'd rather fire him week 10. So he's not making more decisions. And if I am the CFL, I want Braley to sell, you know, sooner rather than later so that somebody else can come in and start making those decisions. Yeah. Uh, I know it's probably not it's not exactly up to the CFL. Uh, they are going to have some say in it, but for Braley to say he's not happy about the offers, I get that, but I don't I don't know exactly what he's expecting to get. Yeah, people are kind of expecting that he's going to be continuing to make the decisions for the next little while mm-hmm. including what happens with the front office at the end of this season, whether they're going to stick with Hervey and Claybrooks or not. And I just think that the last, you know, six weeks or so, things have looked a lot more positive than they did at the beginning of the season. I think that Hervey is going to get uh, another off season, And I think Claybrooks is going to start next year as the coach mm-hmm. as well. Um, 
Friday night football is a dandy. Winnipeg home to the Calgary Stampeders. The Stamps are two and a half point favorites. Over under set at 48 and a half. And this game is going to decide the season series as the Bombers beat Calgary 26-24 back in August. We'll start with Calgary where it looks like Don Jackson was back at practice on Tuesday. Wednesday Wednesday was a closed practice. He's probably going to get that starting running back gig again. Trey Roberson was back on the field while Cordero Law sat out practice. But I think the big news in Calgary was that they have signed Dexter McCoyle to the team's practice roster. He won the Grey Cup with Edmonton in 2015. He has spent time with the Chargers and 49ers in the NFL since then. This guy is all-star caliber. He is a Mm game-breaker. But we see the Mm -hmm. Stampeders do this every year. They almost set aside some of the salary cap for somebody that can come in in October, late in the season, add some experience and add some depth and take them to a championship. I think that's what they had hoped for Marcus Ball, but he ended up tearing his ACL. Last year, they brought in Chris Matthews really late into the year to add some depth to that receiving core. And, I mean... Dexter McCoyal as a depth piece? I don't know if that if that's a bit of an insult to him, but the fact that the Stamps are able to make this happen is crazy. Yeah, I don't think he would last, I don't think he lasts long as a depth piece once they no. can work him into the defense and he gets used to the playbook. Uh, you left out the fact that he was on my 2021 Super Bowl winning Pittsburgh Steelers on my Madden franchise low. Oh nice. <laughs> yes. I I also have Duke Back Williams the on the PR. <laughs> Uh, and with Don Jackson being back at practice, uh, your, hope and, your hopes and dreams just go up in smoke that uh, anti-Milanovic leader was going to be the number one running back. Man, I, I feel like if he started the last few games of the season, he would he would be in for MOP. I'm up. <laughs> what is wrong with you? It's such a money situation. I feel like if leader, they just give him the ball, get him about six touchdowns in one game. There it is. Decided. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> we got a feel-good story here out of Winnipeg. Matt Nichols donated ten thousand dollars to the Children's Hospital Foundation, and what the money they're trying to raise is for these uh, Cinema Vision goggles for kids to use while they get MRIs, which is. Really, really cool. I had a few MRIs uh, when I was 16. I needed one before my back surgery, and I had a few after that as well. It's loud. It's claustrophobic. But these goggles sort of get to play, you know, a movie or whatever for the kids as they're going in there and kind of calm them down a little bit. But I think we already knew Matt Nichols was a good guy, and I think this is awesome of him to do. Well, and like it shows, like even though he's not playing, he can still be not only a member of the team but a huge factor in that community. Uh, and we see that across the league with players, uh, you know, being a part of the community. And you know, you see them out, and then you see them at events, and they're always doing stuff, uh, and, and you know, doing charity work and, and fundraising and stuff like that. So it's just really awesome to see. Zach Calaro seems to be the guy taking most of the reps at practice this week with Chris Strebler hobbled after last week's game against Calgary. Of course, Wednesday's practice in Winnipeg was a closed one. 
Mike O'Shea said he would not talk roster decisions. <laughs> he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't give us anything anyway. So what are we missing out on? <laughs> Am I wrong? No, you're not. So I we're probably going to find uh, Friday. And when's the game start? About six thirty. 6.35, is that when we find out who the starting quarterback is? But I think it's Caleros. I think so, too. Well, we'll find out We'll find out tonight at 6.30 when the depth chart has to be released by. Well, he was on the depth chart last week, so... <laughs> as a starter? No, but he, he, you never know. He could be listed as a backup. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> well, yeah, especially in this league right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I, I think he's going to start, though. I, I don't think they're going to risk running Chris Trevler out there and him getting hurt further than what he already is. Drew Wolitarski got hurt in practice on Tuesday, and we saw Darvin Adams return to the field. But Chandler Fenner, Marcus Rios, Brandon Alexander, and Craig Rowe all missed practice on Tuesday. We know how O'Shea operates. It was probably Mm -hmm. uh, vet days for those guys. Oh, you know what? I think Bomber fans, the best they could have hoped with, with this home and home with the Stampeders, was a, A a split. And I'm not sure how I'm feeling anymore about a split here. Although, you remember last year? Like, Zach Kalaros' only two good games were against the Stamps. Yeah. At McMahon Stadium last October, 24 of 35 for 352 yards. (laughs) You're not expecting that again, are you? I don't think he's going to throw 352 yards. But the beat reporters in Winnipeg are all saying that he's looking good. But we heard that in Regina last year as well. That <laughs> Zach yeah, and Every time we heard good. it out of Regina, I knew it wasn't true. <laughs> like, like, don't, don't spit on the, don't spit in my face and tell me it's raining. Like, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, what he actually looks like at practice, I do think that absolutely they need to lean on Andrew Harris even more in this game. And actually, since Strevler took over for Matt Nichols, they haven't been giving Harris the ball mm-hmm. all that much. When they played uh, Montreal, they gave him 24 carries. But the other games, it was in the 11 to 12 range which, with a guy like that, it needs to be in the 20 range, I think. Mm-hmm. If he gets 20 or more touches, they're an above 500 team. And when that, when that number goes down, they are losing football club. Yeah. So I think, it, I think it's pretty, like, I don't get why you're changing this much when you know it's how to, when, it's, when you know it's how you win football games. It just makes zero sense to go away from that. Because even when teams, even when teams plan against it, he still racks up numbers because he's that good. Allegedly, obviously the Stampeders want to win this game for first place. The mm-hmm. Bombers do have a shot at still getting a home playoff mm-hmm. game here, but they would need the Stamps to lose the BC next week. Uh, as well, they, they would need some, which help. is entirely possible if the Riders lose this week and <laughs> Calgary has first place. It it's so convoluted; it's not even worth it. 
It's it's a complete mess right now. But if you look at the home record for the Bombers, they're seven and one. Mm-hmm. The road record for the Stampeders, four and three. Very mm-hmm. very average. Not having Bo makes a huge difference there. Absolutely, and Bo Levi Mitchell last week he looked maybe the best he has since uh, coming which is, back from injury. Which is- which is just great news for the rest of the league. <laughs> a lot of it has to do with the offensive line and the protection he mm-hmm. was given. But look at Bo Levi Mitchell last week. Interception. The week before, interception. Mm-hmm. Before that, interception. Before that, two interceptions. He hasn't had very me- clean, very many clean games without an interception. He's putting up the yards and he's scoring and he's winning. But the Bomber defense somehow needs to get to him and get Willie Jefferson going because he was a non-factor yeah. a week ago. Yeah, if if that defensive line isn't going to make him uncomfortable, then they don't have a shot of winning this football game. I think I think it's as simple as that. And I did text you earlier this week. What would you do if Zach Caleros runs for three or throws for three hundred yards and three touchdowns? Which I replied with figuratively or literally, because those are two completely different answers, and one we can't say on the on the episode. So wait, figuratively that he that you would do? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll go with but literally I, I, then. I don't. Yeah, I don't think we can talk about the figuratively part. <laughs> okay, literally. If he throws for three hundred or more yards and three touchdowns, we're not going to worry about interceptions or any of that. It's going to be three touchdowns, three hundred yards. Everybody that has bought a ticket. For two and out live, we'll get a complimentary beer koozie. That is how confident I am that I will not have to spend the money for that. <laughs> That's what you're putting it on. Yep. Okay. That's 75 beer koozies. 150 yards and two interceptions. <laughs> What's his for line? Calaros? What's his line? Oh, 54%. 210 yards, three picks, and a touchdown. Who's the score no, go to? No, 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 no. One for five for no, seven yards. Come on. Well, just listen, listen, listen. One for five with seven yards. He only takes seven snaps. And uh, does Sean McGuire win the game? Yeah. Oh, wow. We have ourselves a triple header on Saturday. It starts at the Hamilton Tiger Cats. It's two and a half point favorites over the Montreal Alouettes, where the uh, over-under is set at 53 and a half. These teams did split the two games they had back in June for Hamilton. Actually, for both teams. I am fascinated to see how these two teams are going to treat this game because... They're not going to do anything. That's what I'm thinking. There is going to be, (laughs) in a few weeks, a very good chance. And I know Trevor Harris has been activated off the six-game injured list. So Edmonton and Montreal is interesting. But there's a very good Mm -hmm. chance that these two teams are going to be playing in the Eastern Final. They're not going to want to tip their hat. Or are they going to want to send a message? I don't think they will. No. What's the point? It's going to be a Why vanilla would, game. It, yeah, if you're Montreal, you don't want to show, or or Hamilton, whatever, 
but especially if you're Montreal, you don't want to go in and and win by forty points. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because come East final time, you are going to get run over. So, or and and same with Hamilton, they're not going to want to come and, and shoot the lights out. I think it's just going to be a lot of, you know, everybody's seen the plays already. Everybody knows it. Uh, you know, Brandon Banks, not going to surprise you. Jalen Addison, or Braylon Addison, not going to surprise you. Stanback Johnson, Eugene Lewis, nothing they're going to do is going to surprise anybody. It's going to be run the ball on first down, try to convert on second, run the ball on first down again, try to convert on second and punt it away. They're not going to be showing any weird packages, I don't think. They're not going to be trying to, to get fake punts. Montreal's not going to care if they're down by four with a minute left trying to win this game. It gets them nothing. So, and same with Hamilton. Hamilton's clean, like, it's done. These two teams are first and second. That's how it's going to end. There's no reason to, to show your cards. For Hamilton, I'm really hoping we see more Jalen Marshall. Four catches for 85 yards. He also had a carry Mm -hmm. uh, for five yards and a touchdown last week. I think these are some of the guys that we could see more of in games like this. Jalen Marshall, uh, Marcus Tucker, uh, you know, uh, Kalinich. I think we're going to see guys that don't normally get a lot of reps get get some looks, uh, you know, and get some reps with the number one offense so that if something does happen from now till the Hamilton host East final, uh, they know what they kind of have on the depth chart and where guys can, can slot in. So this is pretty cool. In 2021, the Montreal Alouettes will be celebrating their 75th anniversary and they want to add a third Jersey to the mix. So they are allowing uh, a fan to design that third Jersey um, that fan will win a full uniform if they use it, a $1,000 gift card for the Al store, two 2020 season tickets, and everyone that takes part will get a discount on 2020 individual tickets, MontrealAlouettes.com if you want to take part in this. But I think it's really awesome that they're involving the fans this way. There mm-hmm. has been talk that... A league-wide redesign could be happening in the next year or two. That new era. I'm so just... tired. I'm so tired of jersey redesigns and them just pilfering our wallets. New era just kind of wanted to get the jerseys out and then maybe do a redesign. I'm hoping that that doesn't happen. Um, no. Uh, I, I. If anything, I'd like to see Saskatchewan go to the retros. Stay there. I don't think Winnipeg. Oh, the old, the old, the old red and black ones. No. Or oh, (laughs) I don't think Winnipeg's need to be touched at all. No. BC just had a redesign, so I like theirs. Yep. And so did Montreal. Toronto. Toronto with the blue on blue is just slick. Yeah. Right. I I would like Uh, maybe the the stripes on the sleeves back for Toronto, but. I mean, completely redesigning. Yeah, you I had don't, don't like you had it. a lot of complaints about jerseys this week or last week. So, <laughs> um, uh, but jokes on whoever enters this contest, I'm going to win it. So, you know, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you my idea. They need to go back. 
to their uh, uniforms that they wore, I think, in the 70s. Oh, I was thinking about 96, 97. Oh, those! <laughs> maybe maybe when they weren't even in Montreal. Oh, the Stallions. Yeah. <laughs> the third Let's jersey go. Stallions? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's like Colorado... The Avalanche, when they designed their their letter jersey with like where it said Colorado on the on the angle, how did they not just bust out the old Nordiques jerseys? Oh, I know. Like, probably arguably the second best jersey in all of sports. The Hurricanes did it with the Whalers. Well, that's number one, yeah, but that was just a money grab. <laughs> you don't think a Nordiques are... one would be? <laughs> wow. You're just biased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, Kahari Jones did rest William Stanback as soon as he hit 1,000 yards last week. So you're going to have to watch the depth charts this week. If you're in the hunt for a fantasy title in your league like I am right now, it is getting down. Hey, I'm in the playoffs too. Don't S- See, we're don't, getting down to crunch don't, time don't here. Like and if Stanback gets the week off, Jeremiah Johnson might be the best value of the entire week. He will if if William Stanback doesn't play. Jeremiah Johnson's getting twenty five fantasy points. Yeah, that's that's a great possibility. Unless, unless Ryder Stone comes in at some point, and Johnson is under some, six thousand dollars on CFL like fantasy for now. So if you want him in your lineup, get him in now before price goes up. Oh, this is a really interesting week, and uh, as the triple mm-hmm. header goes on, it gets bad, and then it gets good again. Oh, it's like a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> What's the bread made of? What kind of bread? Oh, you... rye bread, of course. Rye bread. <laughs> the best. <laughs> you just like it because it has rye in the name. Now who's biased? <laughs> no, it's it's the it's it's probably the second best bread that you can that money can buy. What's the best? Just straight up white bread. Yeah. but it, I can't eat it. I, I don't eat it anymore. Well, you're gluten it's sensitive. Just, it, it's basically just glue. <laughs> That's why with it's... some bleach in it. <laughs> the whiter the bread, the quicker you're dead. So. <laughs> Trying to shy away from it. <laughs> Two and Out is brought to you by ATB Financial. Got 10 minutes and 100 bucks? We'll start planning your yes. future with ATBProsper.com, Ty. It's easy to create, manage, and follow your progress through your customized digital dashboard, either online or on the app. Start investing with as little as $100 and make additional contributions of as little as $25. Can't wait to get started? Visit atbprosper.com. Ty, you made the switch to rye bread. You've basically extended your life by 30 years. So no, you're, hey, you're going to need I basically saving. switched to no bread. <laughs> I basically switched to no bread. Oh, that's 40 years. You're going to need You're going to need to have uh, savings mm-hmm. because you're going to be too yeah. old now. <laughs> I already am too old. You already am. I, already I am. Are. I am Roger Murtaugh. <laughs> ETBProsper.com to get those savings going. 
Wow. Uh, the second part of the triple header, Ottawa in Toronto, where the Argos are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under set at 52-and-a-half. Where do I take the under? 30. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm just being facetious. Uh, you know, McLeod Bethel-Thompson, they're going to put up points, I think, you know. I don't know. I want to bet 100 and, on the under. No, I, I – man – I I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be over just over like it's gonna be right around forty five so yeah probably you're under like I'm thinking Toronto puts up around thirty and Ottawa scores like two touchdowns maybe Toronto has outscored Ottawa seventy four thirty eight this year I believe the Red Blacks now are on a nine game losing streak Will Arndt is going to start at quarterback again. Uh, Antoine Pruneau and John Crockett were both practicing this week and both have a chance to play. So if Crockett plays, he's just under $4,200 on TSN CFL Fantasy. To make that happen, though, they'll have to change the ratio. They'll either have to start mm-hmm. five Canadians on the offensive line or start Pruno and have him back in at safety. He's, I thought he should have been their guy for most of the season and then the injury happened and he's been on the six game injured list. So that, that'll yeah. hamper you, but he's had almost five and a half yards of carry this season with the Toronto defense. What it is. I know Cleon Lang has been banged up. He might be able mm-hmm. to have himself a nice game. Oh, and five and a half yards per carry. I mean, against Toronto that extrapolates into almost nine, right? <laughs> yeah. Like they're, <laughs> Their defense, especially against their run, is just so porous. It, 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 there's a chance who's ever playing running back for Ottawa can put up a big number. Uh, looking at you, Brennan Gillanders, if Crockett doesn't play. <laughs> yeah, you know what? They like to get him involved in the receiving game, too. In the, in, in the game, mm-hmm. that definitely helps a lot. Uh, I read an interesting article from uh, Tim Baines uh, from the Ottawa Sun. Kind of wondering... If the Red Blacks should give global players a shot to play, and I think that they should. I mean, what do they have to lose? Is Lewis Ward the only Red Black worth watching at the moment? Why not have kicker Jose Maltos in there and Guillermo Villalobos, who actually made maybe the catch of the preseason. I remember the snag he made back in June. It was awesome. I would like to see him uh, get a shot against Toronto this week, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I don't know why not, though. Yeah, it makes zero sense why it's not happening. Uh, There's only one way these guys are going to learn the game. And, and, you know, I know they know the game of football, but, you know, I I, I liken it to uh, baseball where, you know, Pitchers, good pitchers, don't pitch in AAA. So batters in AAA don't see those guys, and it's such a big jump when they get to Major League Baseball. They're seeing good pitching day in and day out, and it's hard to make that adjustment. If they're going to come from leagues over in Europe and Mexico and then come here, the game, yeah, the game, it's it's still football, but it's different. It, it's going to be a different speed, different a, a different language. It, it you know they're they need they need to get in there and, and start making not headway but you know getting an opportunity and if you're Toronto or Ottawa I don't see why you're not giving them that. Toronto and Ottawa they actually had you know a pretty entertaining game when they last 
played, but the Argos did say they plan to rotate quarterbacks this week. Is that not what they said about the Hamilton game last week? I I just don't think... Or, sorry, the Montreal game last week. I, I just don't think... Like, I don't believe them at this point. No, I'm so done with the coaches in this league. Like, it, what, what's the point of even asking them questions anymore? If you're not going to do it, just say it. Yeah. Uh, like, you, you get answers from a couple of them, but you have guys like... I mean, Corey Chamberlain said this last week. Uh, you know, that's the plan again this week. It didn't happen last week because I had a shot to win the game. Who cares about winning football games when you're not even going to make the playoffs anymore? Figure out what you have. Figure out what you're going to do. Start setting stuff up for next year. Uh, you know, and then we, Mike O'Shea doesn't tell you anything when he's like, can we just stop with the obligatory coach's press conference or, or scrum? It, it's just pointless now. We don't learn anything. And what, and what we do think we learned, they just lied anyway. It looks like James Franklin is probably taking his last rep as a Toronto Argonaut. I'm wondering mm-hmm. if Darrell Walker has now taken his last rep as a Toronto Argonaut. It was, I guess it was only a one-year contract. Some were talking of him possibly getting traded at the trade deadline. He was not at practice this week. Chandler Worthy got into the offense last week because... Darrell Walker was not playing. And Worthy was actually a returner in 2017 during their Grey Cup year and was a big part of that special teams. And 2018 mm-hmm. got hurt. And then they kind of just forgot about him. And he has been on the practice roster. He's been waiting to get his opportunity. And they put him in last week. And it paid off. Nine catches, 93 yards, and a touchdown against Montreal. If they get reliable quarterback play, I know <laughs> that's uh, McLeod mm-hmm. Bethel Thompson. Who knows how long he plays? If he gets a half worth of football, it might be worth having Chandler Worthy in there. But who knows? O'Connor and Prukop could be could have been thrown to this guy all season. Yeah, and, and I mean, we saw it when Dane Evans came in. the the chemistry he's had with Braylon Addison. We saw it last year with Strevler and Wolitarski. These guys that, you know, aren't starters uh, tend to have a lot of chemistry together because they do take a lot of reps together. Uh, so that could be something to look at. Uh, we, we know Worthy can can play with McLeod Bethel-Thompson, and, you know, if if he can play with O'Connor or Prukop is yet to be seen, but there is, there is that uh, little bit of possibility where you could see something like the situations we've seen with backup quarterbacks uh, in the league this year with in regards to chemistry with receivers. These are two of the worst pass defenses in the league, so there is an opportunity for the Argo receivers mm-hmm. if they do get reliable quarterback play and playing time. That's sort of the wild card this time of year. But I do want to give credit to the Argos for continuing to massage their roster all year. I think Corey Chamberlain has been trying his best 
to fix the secondary at least. Uh, they've signed defensive back Cameron Glenn, who went to Wake Forest, has been with the 49ers up until now. He's only 23 years old. He might play this week. They also brought in Shaq Richardson last week. He spent the 2016 and 17 seasons with Calgary before heading to Oakland to play for the Raiders, and he played uh, in the AAF with the Arizona Hot Shots this year as well. They signed him, put him right back into the fire, and he played last week against Montreal. Mm -hmm. So Glenn might be playing this week as well. At least they're trying to make changes. Yeah, and they're not just making changes for the sake of making changes. They are trying to figure stuff out and and who can play and who is not going to be on this team. So it is nice to see they're still doing that. Uh, But the changes they need to make are... I'm not saying get rid of McLeod at the top. Like, that's not what I'm talking about. But the changes they do need to make in the starting lineup are obviously to see what you have at quarterback, I think, is going to be the biggest issue going forward. Both of these teams are pretty much the bottom two in, in everything. Just about everything, especially defensive categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd think that the Argos would be able to run all over the Red Blacks, who have given up over 117 yards a game on the ground, but they just don't commit to the run. So that's not going to help at all. Uh, The Red Blacks have given up the most rushing touchdowns in the league. Toronto, the second most. The Argos giving up the worst completion percentage. The Red Blacks (laughs) and the Argos giving up the worst and second worst pass yards. It's just been a rough season, man. That's, that is one way to put it, yes. By the rough. way, name the team that's given up the most completions over 30 yards. Most completions over 30 yards? Is, this, is it going to be one of these two teams, or is this a trick question? It's a trick question. Uh, is it Calgary? It's Winnipeg. Oh, Winnipeg has given up 30 completions over 30 yards. Calgary, 14. That's first place. So I was way off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's go to Commonwealth Stadium for the last game of the week where the Edmonton Eskimos are hosting the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I believe it's actually the Eskimos that are one-and-a-half-point favorites here. Um, the over-under set at 48-and-a-half. It's the first matchup of the year between these two teams. In mm. Regina, fans have been waiting all year, but Cody Fajardo finally signs an extension. He's going to be there for the next two years, $450,000 a year. I think it goes without saying that Cody Fajardo has earned Got ripped this off? contract. Oh. <laughs> uh, when I saw... I can't remember who tweeted it out, but that uh, they called a, the writers had called a press conference at 2 p.m. It was about, I don't know, 10.30 in the morning. I was home from work. We got rained out. I literally wanted to take over the 2-0 Twitter account and just say, Fajardo has signed an extension, a two-year deal. Because I, it was that obvious that that had to be what it was. Like, I wanted to break the story. <laughs> just made it up and hoped it was yeah. right? Well, what else could it have been? Well, what if it was a... Three-year contract. <laughs> I'll just say my my source lied to me, <laughs> and I'd give up. The, I would give up the source. <laughs> you would you would out them, and you would call oh, it me 100%. or something. One hundred percent. No, I would just say it was a rash, Madani. <laughs> uh, Fajardo has been awesome this year. 
But mm-hmm. what really blows my mind is the amount of rushing yards he has. Or is it the amount that he has or the amount that somebody else doesn't have? James Walder Jr. Oh. <laughs> the fact that he's run <laughs> for almost 150 yards more than Zach Wilder Jr. is – or Jack – what? <laughs> I have no idea who you're talking about. Wilder Jr., James. <laughs> oh, yes. That's better. It's actually unreal that he's ran for over 600 yards, and Strevler is actually over 700 yards. The last time two mm-hmm. quarterbacks rushed for over 600 yards in the same season was 2007. Yes, it was Burris and uh, Joseph. The last time two QBs ran for over 500 was Burris and Durant in 2009. And actually, Fajardo is eight Mm. yards away from uh, Darian Durant's career high in rushing yards. And I, I never really looked at Fajardo as a big rushing quarterback, but everybody sort of thought of Durant that way, right? Well, when Durant was 30, people still said he was the future, too. So, <laughs> You know what? And, and I said that, too. I wrote on 2andout.ca that the writers, make no mistake about it, got lucky here. They mm-hmm. <laughs> they have not they, they, they have not developed their own quarterback since Darian Durant started having injury problems in 2014. And since before Darian Durant, I couldn't tell you the last quarterback that they ended up developing. So they oh. got lucky with Fajardo falling into their lap here. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, they not only lucky they fell into the lap, but lucky that, you know, other teams just did not, whether it was, you know, lack of injuries, which is usually a good thing, but he never really did get a chance to have any prolonged uh, stints as a starter. And, and, you know, he got that and worked with with that uh, number one offense, and, and it has worked out in spades. Yeah, it helps when you get to play behind a guy like Ricky Ray for a couple of years. So mm-hmm. uh, I think Ryder Nation's yeah, very happy. Yeah, probably, probably learn a couple things. I think Ryder Nation's very happy they've been able to lock up their mm-hmm. guy and uh, keep him there for the next couple of years at least. Manny Arsenault was back taking uh, first-team reps in place of Jordan Williams-Lambert. Craig Dickinson basically saying, hey, he can play better. So we're going to put the pressure on him to play better. So Manny Arsenault might be starting against Edmonton this week. Ed Ganey was not practicing on Tuesday. That'll be a status uh, to watch. And Micah Johnson has returned to practice. I think Charleston Hughes will be happy about that. Uh, We go Mm -hmm. to Edmonton, where Trevor Harris was activated off of the six-game injured list on Monday. He's been practicing all week. He is expected to play Saturday night against the Riders. Uh, Tavon Smith, Josh Johnson, both returned to practice. C.J. Gable had his birthday this week, has not been back at practice, so it looks like it's going to be Shaq Cooper again this week. The Ryder run defense is not the best matchup for Shaq Cooper, but mm-hmm. he's he's an explosive player and he's got a lot of upside. Uh, the only thing that might hamper him a little, yeah, not only the Saskatchewan defense, but the fact that Trevor Harris is back. 
you know, they're not going to be as reliant on on a run game with Trevor Harris back there as they are with Logan Kilgore. But like you said, very explosive, can can run, can catch. Uh, you know, he kind of can do whatever you need him to do out of the backfield uh, and create 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 plays out of nothing. Uh, you know, you get on the ball in space, he's able to make guys miss and find the end zone. So that could be that could be a, somewhat of a game changer, a little bit different running style than C.J. Gable, maybe not as physical. Uh, so that's something the riders will have to definitely uh, take into account. This is sort of a fascinating game because if Calgary wins on Friday, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. then the riders really have nothing to play for, right? Uh, well, what if they lose to BC? Oh, well, that's not going to happen. We say that every year with, with <laughs> Calgary like at the end of the year, but then they start resting guys. <laughs> they, but they, if, if they're clinched, they're not going to. Last year, no, but they weren't clinched, but, so they crushed them for the first half and then sat everybody. <laughs> yeah, I think that'll probably happen. But, hey, I'm just saying there's a there's a chance. Don't just say, oh, well, Calgary, if Calgary wins, it's over. Like, no, it's not. I think. I think Dickinson's probably smart enough to know that it's over and could make some changes, but it's not over. So I guess even if Calgary does win, the Riders would have something to to play for here, but I mm-hmm. think the Eskimos might have a little bit more fire with Trevor Harris back, wanting to get into a groove before the playoffs. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to – I don't know about this game <laughs> because the Riders this is, at Commonwealth this is the Stadium. Proto- I just have This is the prototypical game that the Riders lose. All the losses that have piled up going to that stadium over the years. Dude, I didn't see the Riders win a game <laughs> until I was almost like 19. I should say didn't see them win a game live until I was like 19, and that was a playoff game. It, it is Edmonton's final home game of the year. Uh, they're doing toys mm-hmm. on the turf. So if you're going to the game, take yourself a toy. And, uh, man, usually this happens in November. I'm not really in the mood. Well, I shouldn't say that. But it, it feels weird doing it in October, getting ready for Christmas. But if you're going to the game, Ryder fan, Eskimo fan, bring a, bring a toy for the kids as we get ready for Christmas. All right, let's talk about our pick'em. Who do you got winning the games this week? Oh man, Calgary, Hamilton, <laughs> a tie, <laughs> and Saskatchewan. I think I'm going to go Calgary, Montreal, <laughs> Toronto, Edmonton. I literally think Ottawa, Toronto could end zero zero. It could. It could. Uh, but if you're going to make me pick one, I'm going to pick Toronto. Uh, I, I'm, I'm just worried. I don't know how long McLeod Bethel Thompson is going to play. If he plays for a half, they can probably hang on for the second half. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll be okay. <laughs> and that uh, Saskatchewan-Edmonton game. If, if the Riders play the way they did against BC last week, they're not going to win. So uh, Completely agree. Yep. Uh, on the road again, uh, probably... Yeah, going to take Edmonton here. The Canadian Football Podcast Network Fantasy Challenge is down to the nitty-gritty. I've got Ryan from the Canadian Football Countdown, and you have Ryan from Horseman Radio. My match is going to decide first place 
in uh, this whole thing, so I really need to do well. Yes. Uh, my opponent is either going to not have a lineup or have nothing but Calgary Stampeders in his lineup. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I played Brian for BC Lions then last week, and he texted me about 20 minutes before the Ryder-Lions game. He's like, well, you win. I didn't get a lineup in. And then 10 minutes later, and I squeezed some picks in. I was like, damn it! I wanted a free win! <laughs> uh, I'll take free wins. What about you? Uh, yeah, I tried to win last week without my quarterback, so that would have been real nice. <laughs> okay, what's your fantasy lineup looking like? Uh, Cody Fajardo, Tyrell Sutton, uh, Galanders. Like, I mean, unless the the depth charts come out and I have to totally revamp this. Uh, Brandon Banks, Shaq Evans, and Hergie Mayala. I don't know. I don't feel good about my lineup, but this is what I'm at right now. You know, I wanted to put Bo Mitchell in at this spot, but there's something about that IG field and the bomber defense. I think they're going to have a better game. I don't think it's going to be another 65-point game or it was a 70-point game last uh, week. I don't see that happening again. So I got Will Arndt in at quarterback Andrew Harris, John Crockett, Eric Rogers, Naaman Roosevelt, who is actually low-key one, two, three, four, five games in a row with double-digit fantasy points, including a uh, 100-yarder last week against BC. I feel like he'd be able to get some catches off of Money Hunter. And then I got mm-hmm. Chandler Worthy in at my flex spot. And I've got the Argos defense in right now. Week 18 against Ottawa, the Argo defense had 10 points. Week 13 against Ottawa, the Argo defense, 18 points. If they do even an average of that, I'm I'm a happy camper. What is that average? Uh, 14. Damn it. What, you thought you could get that past me? Yeah. You're, you work in radio. Come on. I do math all the time. On your phone? No, usually it's time math. I don't have a clock calculator. It's complicated stuff, man. <laughs> okay, I'm I sorry. I was good in math. Don't besmirch me. <laughs> I, I was until grade 8. <laughs> I was good until uh, grade 12 math with the uh, sine cos angles and all that couldn't hey, do it have you have you used matrices at all since we graduated no sir okay good thing we learned that and not how to do our taxes <laughs> <laughs> who are the your top projected fantasy performers <laughs> uh mcleod bethel thompson 25 beat po levi mitchell at 19.8 and vernon adams jr 19.2 this is all in starts against uh, you know, the the teams are playing this week, of course. Uh, William Powell, 23.1. Uh, Stanback at 22.3. James Walder Jr. at 16. But and who knows what his usage is going to be like. Uh, Braylon Addison, 22.7. Tread carefully. Like we said, that game is probably going to be pretty vanilla. Uh, Josh Huff at 18.5. And SJ Green at 17.6. And again, uh, you tread lightly with basically all three of these guys, Huff in that Calgary system, who knows, and SJ Green, depending on what they do at quarterback, could uh, really get hampered. They might throw to him every play. Uh, 
SJ Green or they can't get him the ball. SJ Green has 980 yards on the season. Maybe they just throw it to him till he gets to a thousand, and then they and, and then they let him rest the rest of the game. But he's a pro, <laughs> and he's been competing the mm-hmm. last you know seven or eight oh, weeks. Yeah. It's been awesome to watch. We are proud to be a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I want to send you in the direction of Dave Berta. The latest episode talks about what the federal election results mean for the province of Alberta. So go to Dave. (laughs) They'll take care of you for that. Oh, boy. Check out all the other great shows at albertapodcastnetwork.com. If you need any CFL tickets for week 20, maybe even some playoff tickets on there, head to seatgiant.ca. All the... Tickets there are listed in Canadian dollars. Uh, Use the promo code APN at checkout. You'll save 5%. You'll support the uh, Alberta Podcast Network in the process. And, yeah, none of those surprise currency conversions when you buy the Mm -hmm. tickets on there. The Heritage Classic between the Flames and Jets is in Regina this week. Maybe they got tickets there as well on SeatGiant.ca. Thanks a lot, Atlanta. (laughs) Promo code APN to save 5% at checkout there. I was actually on SeatGiant.ca today. What what were you looking for? Well, if we get rained out, which I am... I don't don't gamble on rain days anymore because I've been bit in the ass too many times. Where it's like, hey, let's go out and get absolutely smashed. We're not going to work tomorrow. You know, you get home at 4 a.m. and you got to go to work at 6.30 (laughs) because it didn't rain. Uh, But (laughs) looking at the forecast and the radar, we're probably not working the weekend. Saturday night in Edmonton, Eskimo game. Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock, Panthers are in town to play the Oilers. I can get tickets for $68. You can do the doubleheader. Yeah. Wow. Like, I mean, the money I save on tickets, I could buy like one beer with that at the the Oilers game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your beer might cost yeah, another, more than your ticket. <laughs> another great thing that the Oilers are doing this year is $5 Fridays for beer at home. They play three home games on Friday. Genius. <laughs> yeah. That's just great business. <laughs> oh, man. It's like the Riders. Oh, we had $5 beers on Sundays only for Labor Day. Oh, maybe that would not be a good idea. That, that, no, it would be for every game that isn't on a Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, that's you a good had, idea. If it was if it was five dollar beer, you would have been driving home from Regina, <laughs> or we would have been staying another night. <laughs> Two and Live is coming up November twenty first at Booker's Barbecue Grill and Crab Shack. It is sold out, but uh, reserve your table at bookersbarbecue.com dot com so you can be in the bar and a part of the action. Ty, do I need to break some legs so you can get some t shirt payments? I actually got another payment today. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to send out another email, especially the people that want them mailed to them. I'm not going to mail them without getting paid first. Yeah. I think that's fair. That's very fair. That's how it works so, on Amazon and eBay. Yeah. So that's that's the plan there. I mean, I do have a spreadsheet with who's paid and who hasn't, so I can get a hold of those people and just say, hey, just a reminder, I'm not gonna I'm not going to get angry about it yet. Uh, that is coming. <laughs> the CFL Twitter awards are firing up as well at CFLT Awards. So hit them up on Twitter. They made uh, a tweet about your favorite CFL podcasts. Tell them uh, 
Two and out's the best. Tell them we sent you. Yeah, tell them we sent you. Thanks for shopping local. (laughs) Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite podcatcher, and we will talk to you Monday morning after week 20. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.